I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Once Upon a Gene is proud to be part of Bloodstream Media. Living in a family affected by rare and chronic illness can be isolating, and sometimes the best medicine is connecting to the voices of people who share your experience. This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I'm so glad you're here. And if you're listening to this the day it comes out on Thursday, September 8th, I just met like 300 of you in person at the Global Genes Patient Advocacy Summit in San Diego, California, and I'm probably on an airplane right now headed home. And I'm probably filled and overflowing with all of the good things. And I can't wait to experience it at this point. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to share with you more about it. But one of the people that I get to meet in person for the first time is going to be there. And he's on the show today. Adam, the Dadvocate Johnson, and also our girlfriend, Katie Lloyd from A Very Rare Adventure. She's not at the summit because she lives across the universe, but I wanted to have the two of them on the show today so we could have a conversation about Brené Brown. Yes, we are just kind of having a lighthearted and informal chat about things Brené Brown has said, how it's impacted us, and things like that. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I love Adam and Katie so much and they mean a lot to me. And they're people that I can message in the middle of the night and call at least Adam because he's in Idaho. So I can call him more easily than Katie. But these are two people that I know I can reach out to and not feel any judgment and not feel any shame about it. So we're having a great conversation and I hope you love it. If you haven't listened to their episodes, like you must, you must do it immediately. Adam's episode is number 52, and Katie's is number 125, and they both just inspire me so much. So enjoy the show, Adam Johnson and Katie Lloyd. Hello, Adam, the Dadvocate Johnson, and Katie Lloyd, a rare adventure mama. How are you both? Hi, Effie. Doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's Tuesday. It's a day that I get to talk to people I love the most. Ford starts school tomorrow, so we're getting pretty excited around here. Big time. It's big doings. I know it. Katie, where are you joining us from? Hi, guys. I'm joining from Switzerland this evening. So it's evening for me here, but daytime for you there. Yeah, it's been a good day. My son has started his new crush in his new inclusive group, and it's going well. So feeling good today. Awesome. Well, Adam and I hang out on Twitter every once in a while. When I don't see him, I message him and I'm like, where are you on Twitter? But somebody said a little while back something about Brene Brown because Adam and I are always talking about her. Adam's literally quoting her every time he tweets. So (laughs) someone suggested that we should actually just talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. That was me. Was it really? No way. 
Oh my gosh, Katie. I didn't know it. I was talking to Effie about this and I was like, I can't remember where it was and I can't remember who it was. But when I talked to you the first time, Effie, on Once Upon a Gene, as I do, I just started spitting Brené Brown fire, right? Like, here, here's some quotes. I love it. I could spend a whole episode. And it was you, Katie, who messaged somewhere and Stop said, it. dude, do a whole episode about this. So look at this. It's coming together. That was me. I thought that's why you invited me. <laughs> No, we invited you so you would say knickers or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, that is cosmic weirdness. I love it. That it's meant to be. It's It's meant to be. Actually, Katie and Adam, you remind me a lot of each other. You're both these like gentle souls who really kind of just grab their chests and open it up and let people in in a way that not everyone's comfortable doing, right? And something that made Brene famous, her her TED Talk on vulnerability so many years ago now, was like, whoa, nobody's doing that. How is she doing that? And everyone just kind of felt freer and seen and like, who knows? But it was a really amazing kind of turning point in conversations and how we can be around each other and communicate with each other and ourselves, right? It was really cool. It was kind of like a nice social change. Yeah, it absolutely was. And thanks for the kind words, Effie. Anytime I can be, you know, mentioned in inside of a, a comment or a compliment with, you know, wonderful folks like Katie and, and her, you know, wonderful family, it's a huge compliment to me. So thank you for the kind words there. And, you know, I, I came late to the Brené Brown party. I was introduced to her well after the TED Talk that you mentioned. And it, it actually came up for me for the first time in, in the last job that I was at before rare disease took over my life and uh, and, and altered my path greatly. And it, it was Dare to Lead was my first introduction to her. And it was just phenomenal. And that's when I really started to dig in and go back and find some of the, you know, the OG work that she had done. And you're, you're exactly right, though. It, it is life altering and, and path changing. And I'm incredibly grateful for it because it really helped shape the direction of how I was going to move forward with some of my advocacy work, which was a complete 180 in terms of opening up and being vulnerable and talking about myself and my struggles and the things that I was going through. Yeah. Katie, I know you're a little newer to Bernane Brown, but I know you've kind of dabbled around and checked out some of her stuff. What are your thoughts on it? So I think I went backwards. I think I started being vulnerable first and talking about my life and raising a, a rare son. And then listening to you guys, and I, and you know, I think we've all heard a quote here and there. We all, I think everybody knows her stuff, even if they don't know who she is. And then I, you know, got into the YouTube videos, watching the the TED Talks, and I asked Adam for some advice about books. And so, yeah, today actually to prepare, I went back and, and rewatched the videos. And, you know, I was just kind of jumping up and down going, yes, exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to do. But I didn't even know I was doing it, you know, in that way. But definitely the vulnerability stuff, you know, speaks a lot to me, as well as the whole topic of shame, which I'm sure will we'll touch on at some point as well. Yeah, well, I mean, especially with her new book, right? Atlas of the Heart. She really kind of defines all of like these emotional words that we have and these feelings that we have. And I know for me, one of my like kind of favorite words that she defined in her book was anguish and jealousy slash envy. And I realized I had been using jealousy and envy wrong in, you know, just raising a rare kiddo, right? And feeling jealous that like this parent didn't have to do this when it was, you know, the opposite or whatever. 
And then when she defined anguish, I mean, I felt like I literally toppled over, like kind of like her definition. I should have had it up. I'll find it. And it just really helps you kind of identify the feelings and let them just be that, right? And you don't necessarily get lost or buried or choked by something that's happening to you or a thought that keeps running through your head when you can identify it. Yeah, absolutely. And I haven't had a chance to dig into Atlas as much as I would like to just yet, Effie, but I am so looking forward to it. And I also thought that I'd mention for you and and Katie and everybody else that might have an interest that's tuning in that there is also like a corresponding series that's streaming. And I think it's maybe HBO Max that she has a special on. I know that I've I've watched the Netflix part before and I, I got through episode one on the new stream that ties in with Atlas, but that's another great compliment to the book. Well, Adam, I want to start with you. I wonder if you jotted any of your favorite quotes down and maybe what a couple of them are and why. Yeah, absolutely. I did. You you know me, Effie. I've got them like kind of on the back burner, but then there's some, you know, some old ones that I kind of dug up similar to what Katie was was talking about, just going back through some of my notes and rememberings of some of the work that she's done. And one that's really stood out to me in terms of transitioning into the rare disease space was where she said in Daring Greatly, what we know matters, but who we are matters more. And that was so impactful for me because when rare disease came along and I, you know, knew that I was losing my career and I was going to transition into this mode of basically survival that so many of us in the community are are familiar with, that was incredibly important to me to remember because I, you know, I spent years learning about education. I, that's where my undergrad was, my graduate degrees. That's where my whole career had been. And when that was lost, I was lost. And I had to find myself again and remember that who we are matters more. And so that was a very transformational type realization for me. And it came with the help of the work of Brené Brown and the help of some of those that are around me that reminded me that, you know, I'm not a former educator. I'm just educating in different ways now. So very impactful, very, very helpful. Mm, That was really perfectly said. And I know that's an ongoing practice for you and so many other patients and parents in this community, because you do, you kind of just turn over, right? Like your entire body turns over and you're in this new environment and you're living this new life and it's unexpected, it's grief stricken, and it's sudden and all of a sudden, you know, you feel these things, you feel anxiety and dread and you feel threatened and you feel fearful and you also end up being isolated because of all of those things, which then leads to, you know, what I know Katie is so passionate about talking about in like guilt and shame and things like that and like what it can do to you from there, but really kind of putting a stake in the ground and remembering who you are and switching that mindset into changing the way that you teach or, you know, building off of it in another way is so important to continue. Yeah, it absolutely is. And what you just shared there, Effie, reminds me of the episode that you and and Katie recorded, jotted it down. It was episode 125. For those that haven't had a chance to check it out, I would highly recommend going back and listening. But in that episode, Katie gave some advice to parents who are feeling the symptoms of anxiety or depression or feeling ashamed to speak out. And she said, don't hide it. And that reminded me of Brené Brown's quote where she talks about us not selectively numbing emotions because when we numb the painful emotions, then we also numb 
the positive emotions. And I felt like that was just this wonderful connection point between Katie's wonderful words of, of wisdom and advice for others and you know some of that important work that Brene Brown has done and shared with us. Katie, what about you? Has there been anything that Brene has said that has impacted you? Oh, for sure. I mean, just going back to to what Adam said, you know, I think, you know, when when I recorded that episode with you, Effie, I was quite, you know, nervous afterwards because I said some big things in there and I talked about mental health and I talked about you know, feeling depressed and and feelings of not wanting to live anymore. And I thought, what if, because I'm a teacher too, what if my students hear it? What if my boss hears it? What if my friends hear it who don't know? And it's really scary to be vulnerable. Um, And it reminds me of the quote, tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. And I think that's really important that you're not just telling 10% of it, that you're telling I mean, you don't, you can choose how much you tell, right? And who you tell it to. You don't have to tell your, you know, your mental health struggles on a podcast. But I decided, you know, if, if these people do come across it and they do hear it, then I'm going to be proud because I think it's important. And I don't feel ashamed of these things anymore. And that's really why I wanted to speak about it so openly. And it's really interesting because since then, friends have come forward and say, you know, I've been depressed or I felt like I didn't want to live anymore either. And recently one even told me that she'd been having dark thoughts. And I think every time you are vulnerable and you open up, you know, it gives someone else that feeling, well, I'm not alone and I can talk about it too. So it's definitely been worth it. But it all relates back to to shame, which Brené Brown talks about a lot. And she said, shame is the fear of disconnection. And I think when we are vulnerable, and especially when we talk about our lives with rare disease or with children who have rare diseases or family members, then we connect. So it it has the opposite, you know, if we stop feeling ashamed and start feeling more open. And that brings me on to the first quote I even wrote down today, which is connection is why we're here. It gives purpose and meaning to our lives. This is what it's all about, right? And I guess, Effie, that's why you created this podcast. 100%. <laughs> You know, it's funny because both of you were very similar when I asked you to be on my podcast. You both kind of had the same reaction and you put it off for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you were even unsure after and during the recording that maybe we shouldn't release it yet until you made it further along or when you knew something different or when you felt more confident. And then you took the step and you were brave in what you said and you released it and look at you now. I mean, look at you now and how far you've come and just that freeing moment that you talk of, right, of telling your story exactly how it's supposed to be told and that people show up and they come to you and they thank you and they see themselves in you. And then it just makes that whole connecting chain that you just kind of spoke of, Katie. And it connects us all, right? And it just makes so much more of a community that you don't have to explain and you don't have to compare and you don't have to do any of these climbing things to be a part of it, right? And you're just accepted for who you are and you're appreciated for who you are. And it's just a really amazing thing by just being honest. Yeah, man, it's it's amazing as as well that, you know, we're at this point now, like looking back and, and reliving some of those feelings that I had, Effie, initially when you did, you're like, no, nah, no, I don't have anybody who's a parent that has a rare disease. You're, you know, why don't you come on? I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. Mm-mm, not doing that. And that was <laughs> that was me initially being kind of in that shell and not ready to go out onto that vulnerability pathway. But I, you know, eventually came around and I'm so glad that that I did. And I'm so glad that you've got this community 
that makes it available for us to do that. And I love that Katie just shared that quote because it's another one that I jotted down. Katie, you and I were like on the same page from Idaho to Switzerland. It's awesome. I love it. (laughs) Um, But I, I was thinking about that whole process of connections. And for me, you know, I'm just so thankful for all of the connections in the rare disease community. And for me, Effie, it really started with you. And for you, Effie, I was thinking about it and and your story, and it started with you listening to like Sean and Kyle, right? And Mm -hmm. it's something else now that I've been able to connect with some other parents that are rare disease patients in the community because of the community that I've been able to form. And why am I able to do that? Well, I don't know if you remember, Effie, but on that podcast, when you and I talked, you're like, hey, you should do a podcast and connect with other parents that are rare disease patients. And I was like, yeah, I don't don't know about that either. But here we are, I'm almost a year into it. So it's really incredible to see how it like comes full circle. Yeah. And it's so important. And it's the only podcast of that kind, Adam. And so it has to be there, like filling all these little holes that we're stepping into that can take years off our life and people out of our relationship circle and like, God knows what else, you know, but when you fill it up just a little bit and take another step and make it easier for someone behind you, magic happens. Yes, absolutely. Katie, you were talking about when you were sharing about how you had thoughts of suicidality and Adam was talking about the depression that he was in after losing his job and his whole life being changed. I know you guys know my story of, you know, how much emotional trauma and everything that happened to me and like probably almost everyone listening, but it reminds me of what Bernay said about trauma. And she said that when we experience anguish and we don't get help, or support, we can find it difficult to get up off the floor and re-engage with our lives. But we go through the motions anyways, and we're still crumbling. Isn't that what we all like we're literally doing? Yeah, for sure. It's amazing how you can kind of separate yourself from that too, and continue on because you have to, but then also kind of have this dark, dark room right next to it. And you're constantly visiting both of them and aware that they're there. I think it's a little bit of a superpower. <laughs> I do too. In a way that you can live, you know, Jessica Fine says stuff about grief, like the joy and the grief are like hanging out. They're buddies. They live together. They're yeah, in the same yeah. room. They live together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're girlfriends. And I think <laughs> about that a lot in our daily lives for various reasons. And sometimes that obviously gets a little softer as time goes on and you learn, but It is interesting how we can hold all of those things. Yes. Yeah, it's really interesting. And that's one of the other things that I've really picked up on that I wasn't, you know, you're aware of those like seemingly contradictory feelings and and emotions that are there at the same time. I didn't have a name for it until Brené Brown introduced me to the term paradox. And, and, And in that sense, in that light, it's been so clear for me now to see so many instances of those situations where there's, you know, there's these challenges and these dark spots or these terrible times, yet there's also some good things that can come out of it. And those emotions, those things can happen simultaneously. They do happen at the same time. And being able to recognize that and know that it's okay for that to to happen, that it's normal for that to happen has been a huge help for me as well. This idea of paradox is really interesting because I remember when my son was diagnosed with his rare disease and, and my husband said to me, I feel like we should be more miserable. And I feel like people are a bit confused when they see us out, you know, friends and at parties and things that we're not 
more miserable. <laughs> and I said, well, we can't just be miserable all the time. You know, we kind of visit that room from time to time where we feel a bit sad, we feel some grief, but then life goes on and we, we can't just kind of wallow in that room all the time. So this, the word paradox really stands out to me. Yeah, thank you for bringing the word paradox into the conversation, teacher. That's what I was talking about, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, you know, it just, it, it stood out to me because it's something that's on my heart a lot. It's something that I really consider. And that example that Katie gave is a, is a prime example of things that I go through, even though it's a different, you know, lens, a different area. It, you know, this is another Brené Brown type quote, the, the one that really got me hooked on, on her work initially in Dare to Lead, where she talks about empathy is not a connecting to an experience, right? You're not connecting to an exact experience. I can't know exactly what it's like for Katie and her husband to go through that. I can't know what it's like for you and Casey to go through that, Effie, but empathy is connecting to the emotions that underpin an experience. And we've all had our experiences and we can all recognize that there are emotions that underpin those experiences. And that's where empathy can really, you know, come in, come into play. And it, I mean, just that piece alone and finding this community has been incredibly helpful, incredibly helpful for me. And it's helped me get to this place where I am now. Not that there aren't struggles because there certainly are, but it's big. It's, it's really helpful. Yeah. Oh, I have lots of things to say about empathy, Adam. Tell me, tell me, Katie. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. I saw something and it's exactly what you said. You know, I don't know what it feels like to have a rare disease because I'm the parent of a child with one. Maybe I have one. I don't know. But it doesn't mean I can't empathize. And I love this. It's a long quote, but empathy has no script. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's simply listening, holding space, withholding judgment, emotionally connecting and communicating that incredibly healing message of you are not alone. And I just love this because I think that's what we're all trying to do because we've also seen when it's done wrong, right? When it's rather sympathy or me and Effie talked about toxic positivity, but really this, this message of you are not alone, even if I don't know exactly how it feels to be in your shoes. Yeah. She says empathy is not relating to an experience, is connecting to what someone is feeling about an experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And like you said, yeah, it can turn into pity, sympathy, toxic positivity, and it can diminish or dismiss how you're feeling, which will, of course, lead to more problems with isolation and just kind of disconnection in general, which is so scary when you're already like on the precipice of that in a lot of areas of your life, especially in the beginning when you're kind of undergoing this change. And it's just such a delicate time. And I think if we come forward as just regular human beings and practice this idea in our regular life before something bad happens to us or someone we love. But if we show up like that, honestly and curiously and really genuinely to offer support, it would be a glorious, glorious, glorious <laughs> person to have in your life at that time, wouldn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> I wonder if we've only become those people because of what we've experienced. I mean... I think that is the case for some, for sure. And I think some were probably maybe on that path already, depending on what books they're reading, what shows they're watching, what kind of self-evolution they're going under anyways, where they came from, what kind of family life they had. I think it's, you know, it's a mixed bag. I would hope that human beings in general are always trying to be better the next day than they were the day before. But 
I do think that, yes, this absolutely creates a suit of armor in a way that makes you able to withstand so much more than you could have before. For sure. And I think our empathy has just grows and our skills in that department grow too, right? We become more understanding of other people's anguish and hardships because we have been through our own. Yeah, I think for me, the the, the challenge ha- has been, you know, there, there's self-doubt. I feel like for, for, for me and my, you know, my journey looking back to pre-diagnosis and and then the diagnostic odyssey and now post-diagnosis, I know pre, I'd like to think that I was empathetic and, you know, that I would embody some of these critical topics that we're thinking about and feeling about. But the one thing that I know that I really struggled with, and I still do sometimes, is self-doubt. And I, I think that that's been a big help for me. It's it's made so many, you know, improvements, even though it still does seep in. And that reminds me of when Brené Brown in The Gifts of Imperfection talks about overcoming self-doubt and how that's all about believing we're enough and letting go of what the world says we're supposed to be and supposed to call ourselves. And that's a huge leap. And it was a very big step for me that that started in the conversations that I had with Effie in terms of starting to, to share my story and to own my story, which is another quote that Brandy Brown talks about. That's, you know, one of the biggest and bravest things we'll ever do, owning our story and loving ourselves through that process. Yeah. And I wonder too, if that self-doubt and stuff like that, that affected you more so than like me or Katie, mm-hmm. if it was contributed to the fact that you're a dude mm-hmm. and that you're the parent in the situation and like what societal pressures are put on you in terms of being the breadwinner and, you know, to, you know, all the things. Like, I wonder if that's even more kind of something that would be swirling around in your dark room more so than Katie and myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's ever present there for me, Effie. And I think those are some great points that are definitely prevalent for me, for my thought process for that entire you know journey. That whole self-doubt is a lot of that was predicated on exactly those types of things. You know, the stigma that's out there. Hey, you're a man. You got to tough it out. You got to move forward. And I even bought into that, especially initially when I first had my symptoms rolling. I'm like, yeah, I don't have time for this. I'm busy. I'm working. I've got family stuff going on when I'm not on the road, like no time for it until I literally couldn't deny it anymore. I had to, I had to seek help. And and then at that point, what did I feel? I felt failure. And then when I feel like a failure, then that's when more of that self doubt can kind of creep in there and it just adds to the layers of, of the challenges that are there. Katie, you know, when you mentioned a moment ago about like, I wonder if it's because we're in this situation. It reminds me of this quote that Brene said. She said, it's kind of long. You may not have signed up for a hero's journey, but the second you fell down, got your butt kicked, suffered a disappointment, screwed up or felt your heart break, it started. It doesn't matter whether we are ready for an emotional adventure hurt happens, and it happens to every single one of us without exception. The only decision we get to make is what role we let it play in our own lives. Do we want to write the story or do we want to hand that power over to someone else? Choosing to write our own story means getting uncomfortable and it's choosing courage over comfort. Which book was that from, Adam? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I don't know, but I love that. Choosing choosing courage over comfort is one of my favorite Brené Brownisms, yes. Yeah. And just really kind of taking it all in, right? Like Mm -hmm. getting this new story and sitting with it and then making a choice. I love this because I 
you know, I write about quite uncomfortable things. I recently, my latest blog post was about my, my son's behavior. So as part of a syndrome, they can be quite, they have behavioral problems. So recently we're dealing with, you know, lashing out and frustration and hair pulling. And so I wrote about it and I was super uncomfortable. And I sent it to three of my friends who are also parents of children with disabilities. And I said, should I really post this? What do you think? And they said, well, you know, it's it's your life and it's your story. And somebody out there is going to read it and probably relate. So, and even if they don't, you've, it's, cathartic it's, it's out in the world why not so but I was sweating as I pressed post you know it was so uncomfortable because I thought <sighs> but then I've, I've received so much positive uh, feedback about it that you know it's worth it and I think sometimes you you have to do it and that reminds me of another quote every truth and courage aren't always comfortable but they're never weakness mm. oh <laughs> yes that's a good one <laughs> Yes. So super uncomfortable. But then, you know, when you start to get the feedback or people say, hey, I've, you know, me too, you feel great. You feel strong, right? Yeah, it's so liberating. And I don't think everybody realizes how much fear, anxiety, just like all of that, like you're looking at me, all of the all of the courage that it does take to kind of put this stuff out there sometimes, especially when it is those little moments that are at home, you know, that like, why would I be talking about the fact that Ford literally pulls everyone's hair and that I'm worried it's not going to let him have friends someday? Like when you put that out there for everyone to see, you wonder like, am I oversharing? Is yeah. this, mm -hmm. you know, like you think about all those things and it is, it's really scary to publish, you know, your, your podcast and your blog, your personal stuff about the struggles that you're living with. But then no matter what, I swear, one person is at least going to say, oh my gosh, thank you for saying that. Yeah. And when they do, it makes all the difference. It's so helpful. It's so en encouraging. And you can kind of like take that sigh of relief. But the one, one thing that I, you know, really hear in, in both you know, you, Effie, and, and you, Katie, here as we, you know, continue this conversation is I, I feel like you're just really embodying the idea that Brené Brown talks about regarding wholehearted living and gifts of imperfection. One thing that really stands out to me there is where she talks about wholehearted living being about engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. And she says it means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. It's going to bed at night thinking, yes, I am imperfect and vulnerable and sometimes afraid, but that doesn't change the truth that I am also brave and worthy of love and belonging. And, you know, even in that quote there, there, you know, that's that whole paradox theme coming back and, and the wholehearted living approach. And I, I just see you both living that so, so much. And thank you for the work that you're doing and, for the sharing that you're doing, the vulnerability that you have to be able to to do that, it really does make a difference to so many others. And while I can kind of relate to some of the the thoughts that you're, you know, presenting there, I can't directly connect, but I definitely can empathize with that. And I and I thank you both. Well, Adam, you're literally doing the same thing. That's really kind. <laughs> you are, and it's like she says that when people do respond like that, right? When they respond with empathy, that's where the shame literally can't survive. You know, when you're so nervous about putting something out or, you know, you feel some type of way. But when someone responds back to you with the empathy that's real and connective, shame can't survive. And so it's just a growth mindset. Yes, absolutely. Love it. I hope Renee Brown listens to our episode. She's probably like, oh, God, more, <laughs> more fannies. 
Is this that guy that tags me all the time that I can't stop? This rare disease dad guy? Is that who this is? She's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, that ad that dadvocate Johnson is all up in my grill. <laughs> <laughs> enough already oh my gosh yeah no an ode to Brené this is this is fantastic I love it it's wonderful it you know it fills me up a little bit too to you know be connected with you both and and to know that you know it, it, it is making a difference and Katie you reaching out and saying that especially now that I you know have been reminded that it was you <laughs> initially it was like oh my gosh I love all these <laughs> Brené Brown quotes and these are great and we need to have a discussion around it that that lifted me up. That helped me out because I am just continually on this Brené Brown train, which which is, you know, fantastic. And I'm not going to change it no, no matter what. But that's an example of this where it was like this little pick me up, like, oh, my gosh, I somebody heard me. <laughs> it, it is making a difference. Yeah. We're on the train with you now, Adam. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, I mean, she did the research for us, right? Like she'd been doing this work for decades and... Like she says, kind of in her work, that everyone told her she was stupid for doing this. Everyone told her it was a waste of time. Everyone told her, you know, all of these things. And she chose courage over comfort, which is one of her mantras. And look at her now. And the way that she helps people identify how they're feeling and really just be able to step out and set boundaries and live in their truth and, you know, Talk about all this hard stuff without apologizing about it. Like everyone else isn't living with some type of event or scenario or shame. Like it's a secret, but like putting it out there and shining the light on it. So nobody has to be in that creepy darkness all the time. I think it's a domino effect too. You know, the, the more we are courageous, the more others are courageous and it, it just keeps going, right? Especially in the rare disease world where it can feel so isolating, I think hopefully is encouraging others to open up maybe not on a platform but to other people oh yeah absolutely yes many ways that are maybe seen and heard and and others that aren't seen and heard and that's something that's an important you know thing to keep in mind katie that's a great point yeah and i'd like to think that that's exactly it katie is that these types of blogs and podcasts and conversations spark that right and they continue to just catch fire as it goes on and it encourages people to step up and be out there and do the hard things and talk about it. Um, I got really excited recently about a new podcast. I think, Effie, you already know about it, the Imaginary Dad podcast. Mm-hmm. So after watching the the vulnerability uh, TED Talk again today, I wrote to Bo, who is the, the host of the podcast. He's a, a, it's a the dad of a, a child with a, a brain injury. And I started telling him about what you said, Adam, about this wholehearted living. And I was just so excited to kind of have a a name for what he's doing because he's talking very, very openly from a male perspective about about how it feels to be the father of a a child with a with a brain injury. And I think that also goes back to what you were saying, Adam. You know, it is it's hard for men to to speak openly about these things. It's not it's not the done thing, or it wasn't the done thing, but I think Brené Brown has kind of opened up these possibilities. It's okay to talk about the the hard stuff, even if you're, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. We, and hopefully this will continue that people can talk openly and that, and that more podcasts and, and more blogs and, and whatnot will, will appear and we'll just keep growing. Yeah. Amen to that, Katie. I'll send another shout out to that podcast. He does a video side of it and his child is there right there with him, you know, on all the machines and you hear the background noise from it. And 
I love that so much because he was like, hey, if this bothers you, sorry, this isn't the podcast for you, but like, I can't leave my child out of the other room. You know, I'm not just going to be doing all these things so I can record for you. This is my life. This is what it looks like. This is me being authentic. And this is not a weakness. And this is not weird. This is my beautiful child. And this is what I'm doing. And I'm trying to help myself and others. And it's so beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like it. I, I love it. I'm going to definitely need to check that out for sure. And this is, you know, that's another wonderful example of sharing our stories, right? Getting the the message out there. And if if you'll indulge me, you know, Katie and Effie, I have one last quote that I think really ties a lot of these things together. And this was from Brené Brown's interview with Viola Davis. And there's a wonderful article on her website, on Brené Brown's website, that that kind of goes through this. And then she incorporates some of this work into Braving the Wilderness. And I'm sure it's come up elsewhere. But the quote is is from Viola Davis. And she said, there's an unspoken message that the only stories worth telling are the stories that end up in history books. This is not true. Every story matters. My father's story matters. We are all worthy of telling our stories and having them heard. We all need to be seen and honored in the same way that we all need to breathe. And I just, again, love the outlets for, you know, sharing these stories through the blogs, through the podcasts, through the, you know, the connections that we all make. And I, I see, you know, stories like this, quotes like this, and it reminds me of you, Effie, and, and getting that ball rolling and getting us in the rare community to the point in time where we are today. And it can't be understated. Mm, that's a good quote to end it on. I mean, it's just, it's real when we can recognize our shared humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Katie. Yes. Do you have anything else to add to Adam's just like mic drop right there? <laughs> you know, I think, Adam, that was perfect. Yeah, well, we'll just end it on your voice since, you know, we love it. On my voice? <laughs> Shall I say knickers? <laughs> it's got to be Katie wrapping things up for sure. Yeah, just I can you it. take us out in a, <laughs> can you take us out in a Katie-ism poem? <laughs> I don't know what one is, but I'm very happy I did not kick the rubbish bin throughout <laughs> our recording. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh okay i love you both so much thanks for having this just awesome off the cuff conversation with me today i really appreciate it and i i know that our listeners will too and yeah go check adam and katie out i will have both of their links to their blogs and podcasts in the show notes and also catch their episodes on Once Upon a Gene. Adam already did my homework and named one of them, and I forgot to put the other one on there. But they'll be in the show notes because that's what we have to do sometimes is yes. just do it later. So, yeah, big hugs to all of you out there. And uh, you're doing a great job. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people. And please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story, or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. 